again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am your host, Brandon Cruz, and it's a it's a lovely day. It's a lovely day out here in Southern California, where I am now living. <laughs> We're after Florida and Hawaii, just everywhere, everywhere. But no, I'm in California now. And with me today, not in California, is the host of Anthology, a podcast exploring the Twilight Zone and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology series. He's been podcasting since 2013 and also hosts The Obsessive Viewer, a movie TV discussion show, and Tower Junkies, a Stephen King podcast. With me, of course, is my friend Matt Hurt. Hello, Matt. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Brandon. Uh, Thank you so much for having me and thank you for that lovely intro. Um, it's like I wrote it so myself. Glad to be back. It's, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been, I've been working on my copy. Uh, nice that I steal from other people. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so so happy to be back on uh, submitted for your approval. I'm so glad that you're back doing it and everything. I've been, I've been like super excited about that. Um, and I do want to apologize that I have a cold right now. So, um, yeah. So it's, I think it's more. I think it's maybe the universe like punishing, maybe not punishing me, but it's more like, I don't know. It's something that like, okay, you're in Southern California where the weather is presumably amazing. And I'm here in Indianapolis where it's not so amazing. (laughs) So, well, I I mean, it is, it is warmer today and I did some yard Mm -hmm. work earlier. I I trimmed some trees. Uh, I, I fixed a deck. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. The weather sucks. Don't don't. I, (laughs) I sat in my apartment and worked from home and, uh, (laughs) basically have, uh, just, um, eaten my weight in cough drops. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll try to make this easy on, on you. Uh, what, you know, so I have, after coming back after a little bit of time, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple of years, uh, one of one of the things I wanted to do was was bring on folks uh, that I've worked with uh, a good handful of times, and I mean your name was at the top of the list, Matt. One, there's a couple different reasons for that. One, it's because you're great. Usually we talk about time travel stuff. Um, yes, this is not a this is not a time travel. Well, we can actually maybe talk about that in, in a little bit. Right? Maybe there's some time <laughs> travel esque type stuff. Uh, yeah. But then the second thing is. Uh, in, in anthology, you're at the end of season three of the twilight zone. And I'm like, yes, no, this son of a bitch. I got to catch, I got to catch back <laughs> up to him. Uh, so I want to yeah. make sure I, I brought you back on, um, so I can at least inch my way towards, uh, evening it out with you. Absolutely. And I'm glad to assist on that. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm very, very happy to be in a position where I have eclipsed you in the twilight zone. <laughs> And I am more than happy to facilitate you uh, jumping over me in the in the twilight zone um, <laughs> once again. So I do. I'm I'm glad to play my part. Okay, sweet. We're slingshotting each other. That's <laughs> yes. that's how collaboration works. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so so I br- I brought you I brought you on for one of probably the least known Twilight Zone episodes in the history of the sure. show. Uh, a a little a little episode called to serve man originally airing the march uh march of 1962 starring lloyd bachner 
Susan Cummings, and the great Richard Keel. It was directed by Richard Bear, who directed seven other episodes of the show, uh, Teleplay by Serling, and based on a story by Damon Knight, uh, which is the easiest name to remember because I love Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that is it to serve to serve man. As we get things started, we have the IMDb, you mean IMDb synopses, Matt. So mm-hmm. you know how this goes. Oh yeah, I, I say mine, you say yours, mm-hmm. and then we compare to IMDb. All right, let's do it. All right, all right. I I, I wasn't very creative on this, so I apologize. Mine is mine is <laughs> okay. very mine is very simple. A mystery told from a dinner perspective. Oh oh, I like that. Okay, mine is. Mine is more going for a joke that's not really necessary for the for the for the uh, episode. So with that preface, uh, that that was the complete of yours, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Like, okay. How 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 few words could I use on on this thing? Nice. Um, okay, so mine is. <clears throat> excuse me. Mine is following the arrival of an alien race called the Canamet. Government codebreaker Michael Chambers struggles to crack the most important code of all himself on a very special episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, that was that was very good. I I I dig I yeah. dig that because it it says everything it needs to say and it says yeah. it in like a, a very like next week on. Yeah, it says everything it needs to say except for what the plot of the actual episode is really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unlike a lot of the trailers I've seen uh, lately for, for mm. movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um like I I know everything I need to know about Cocaine Bear, right? Based mm. off some basic Oh yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing that Wednesday. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to it's yeah. going to be great. I'm I'll be there day 1 as well. Nice. Nice. Um, but okay, okay. Uh, so the IMDb synopsis: <laughs> An alien race comes to Earth, promising peace and sharing technology. A linguist and his team set out to translate the aliens' language using a book whose title they deduce is "To Serve Man." Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That gives a lot of food for thought. <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a good pun to follow that up with. So I, yeah. If, I mean, if 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 the the pun game is the thing that I add to the list of 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 gags for the show, then you win this. This is oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so those those are synopses. I mean, this is this episode is one of the ones that like even if you've never seen the Twilight Zone, you probably have some passing familiarity with the fact that they're aliens and that they they wanted to eat people right um yeah like even if like you've never even even if you didn't know the plot you may have seen like the the canimates in pop culture somewhere some shape or form uh so yeah the nice little rundown aliens come down they say hey we're 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 gonna help you out uh, some people are iffy on them, other people are not, and then eventually humans start going on the spaceship, and they get taken to the Canimet planet mm-hmm. for who knows what. Um, so, <laughs> so, very, very simple synopsis. Matt, why don't you get us started uh, on discussion discussion of the episode? Sure. So, this is a pretty unique episode for me, um, because uh, my the whole concept for my podcast anthology is that I am someone who never watched The Twilight Zone growing up or anything, so I'm watching it as a first-time viewer. 
And to serve man, by the time I got to it on the podcast, it was one of the episodes that I actually watched before covering it on the podcast mm-hmm. because in uh, what was it, tw- uh, 2019, they did the uh, 60th anniversary Fathom event, like screening of uh, To Serve Man, yeah. Walking Distance, and uh, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, and I think one other episode. Um, so I, I went to it because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to miss the opportunity to see the Twilight Zone on the big screen. So I went to that and I, so I had seen To Serve Man and then I tried to push it from my memory, but I couldn't <laughs> because like you said, it's, it's very, very, uh, uh, very much in, in the pop culture zeitgeist, even now, 60 years later. So I knew like one of my favorite, you know, Simpsons, uh, Treehouse of Horror is the one that spoofs this. And then, uh, yeah, so, so all that is to say that I'm, I'm still not too crazy about the episode itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that is because I have had years of pop culture references to this episode that it just kind of didn't compute with me or, um, or if it's just not as good an episode as I, I would like it to be, but um, but yeah, I just, I have some issues with like the narration, um, having Michael Chambers give his own like narration cut in throughout it. Um, and it kind of feels like it's an episode that takes, takes a little bit to get going to the punchline and is only really in service of that punchline. Um, when there is, it leaves some more kind of deeper things on the table that I think it could have gone through. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm warming up to this episode the more I watch it, but um, it's not one that I would uh, like find myself revisiting that often. Yeah. 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 uh, Your comments about like the the narration. um, Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't the first time that we've had narration in the show. Um, Usually it's, it's Serling who's doing the narration for, Mm -hmm. for for things like that. Um, It's, it's kind of told in this flashback um uh, yeah. off, off the top of my head there's not there's not a whole lot of of episodes that are based off of telling their their narration about the flashback i think uh the yeah. the the one the like the room for one more or, or like where he mm. uh, uh like jumps out the window uh in the psychiatrist thing like oh yeah like he's kind of telling flashbacks on that one but this one is unique where it's like the dude is in the spaceship and he's saying mm-hmm. Let's go back in time and talk about when the Canimates first arrived. It was noon that that summer day. Um, And and so like just from a story storytelling aspect, it kind of departs from what maybe we're used to seeing in the Twilight Zone. What what, what do you think about that? It definitely threw me off when I first saw it because I, I was kind of just a little bit surprised by that because I'm so used to serling giving like the narration he does give an opening narration but it's it it feels like it's a little bit i don't know if i would say confused but it just seems a little bit tricky to have the story to have like two narrators basically and having that extended flashback as well um and and yeah so i yeah and i was like throwing this out there too it felt like serling's opening narration came felt like it was it long like like not not that oh, it, yeah. it was long but it felt like it it being in the episode it felt like it was delayed longer than it yeah. would be normally right or it wasn't it really did 
Um, it, it really did because we get, because we get Michael on the spaceship and then a flashback to New York, the United Nations and everything. And then once we see the Canimate, mm. it's like, oh, okay, now we have Sterling saying like, Hey, here's a Christopher Columbus from another, another place. Um, it's, it's really, really, it, it, it's really, it feels like the episode has gone on so far and then we get the traditional Serling narration, which is also interesting because the Serling narration has like, it almost, it almost does the submitted for your approval thing. But he says like submitted for your perusal. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ah, okay, you're teasing us here. Um, submitted for actually, your perusal? And like it winks yes. at the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, but it also, it's, it's really interesting because I actually just reviewed the first episode where he actually says submitted for your approval. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I was shocked that it's like at the end of season three, but, um, but I like that this episode just has that little light tease, like, okay, okay, we're going to get to the point where it's like, you know, one of the iconic lines. Um, but yeah, but the, the narrative is kind of, is a little bit tricky for me. Um, to, to hold my interest in everything, especially when there's so much there that could have been done, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the flashback way of describing the story. Once I kind of get past that uh, there, and then they finally introduce the, the canimates. So I'm like, okay, all right, we're, we're, we're getting somewhere a little bit. Um, yeah. I guess what I would feel about the story, what I do feel about the story is that the candidates are are such a big part of it, but it mm-hmm. feels like they're just kind of in the background still. And, yeah. and so it's chambers talking to the, the colonels about, well, I don't know what, I don't, I've been trying. Let me talk about the different <laughs> crypt, uh, cryptology uh, terms I know that are in yeah. the script, uh, reversal and <laughs> linguistic. Yeah. Um, and and so it it feels a little bit uh, I'll say clinical just because I don't have a better mm-hmm. word for it, but it that maybe didactic a little bit. And then like the um, uh, the lie detector scene that mm-hmm. th- those types of things were like, OK, all right, this is yeah. this is this is happening. Um, so it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the introduction of of uh, Michael as a code breaker, it's like. He, he even says, like, this is where I enter the play and, and I'm a code breaker and everything. And then I, I when I reviewed it on my podcast, like I, I clocked it like at almost the exact middle point of the episode is when Patty's introduced. And mm-hmm. when they show like, um, I think that that's when they when they decipher the title of the book. And it's like, OK, that, that's great and everything. But also you have a character who is going to deliver like the finishing blow line of the episode. And she's not introduced until like the midway uh, point of the episode itself. And it just feels like a little bit like what, like it feels like it's a little mismanaged of the um, pacing of the episode and everything. But I don't know, that could just be a complete nitpick on my part. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of that chain of logic because yeah. she, when we're first introduced to him and he's talking to the colonels, and they're like, do you need any more help? He's like, yeah, if, you know, if, if you, if you have it. And then, right. and then later she's introduced. Um, and it feels like maybe if she was part of that process earlier on, then mm-hmm. it would have made more sense, I think, uh, to, to give her that 
more agency that that she probably needed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I also kind of struggle with, and it's something that I keep kind of thinking about, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get too into the choose your own adventure thing yet, obviously. <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot left on the table in this episode in in terms of the canimates, um I, I guess their their diabolic nature, I guess, or their predatory nature. Um in particular, when the Canimate leaves the book at the UN, I I really don't know if that's supposed to be like a um an intentional thing. Like I really think that there is a version of this episode where the Canimate leave the book specifically to see if human if humankind is able to decipher it and then like basically earn the right for them not to be food. Um yeah. But but then it also that is kind of messy because it's like, OK, well, they're also giving us everything and putting us into a point of complacency that I just feel like it should have been explored a little bit more. But instead, mm-hmm. the episode has all of these different narrative threads that are introduced so late in the episode that it just feels like it's it, the the point of the canimate creating like a Garden of Eden on Earth is something that is just kind of a throwaway line in a couple of spaces. And I kind of feel like there should have been room in the episode for them to, uh, for Serling and company to develop that as a concept of like, oh, the Canimate is like discreetly like creating a utopia for themselves. And then they're just herding off humanity to their planet to be food so that they can come in and, and take, take over earth. I feel like there's a read of that, but there's not enough detail in the episode to to really justify that. So I don't know. I just something I wished for. Yeah, going going back to the your comment on like the book that is mm-hmm. every time I watch the episode that is a part that jumps out to me because it it it's it's not like he sets the book down for a second and it is like thinking at other people again Mm -hmm. like for you know however many lines of dialogue right it's yeah he's he says something and then he deliberately puts puts the book down and he walks away right yeah it's not like a oops (laughs) i i forgot my book so (laughs) there's definitely something there that is very deliberate in in Mm -hmm. in action and so then trying to translate or ascertain what that motivation is to to do it going to your point like is it is it a like uh, prove prove your worth or is it mm-hmm. a I, I like I like what Chambers logic is and mm-hmm. it make his logic makes sense there like they didn't seem too concerned about it if they're not concerned mm-hmm. about it they clearly don't care if we have it right yeah um which I think maybe that's maybe that goes into like the theme of the episode is like you already mentioned complacency um of being like ah look at them benevolence they're coming down they're they're trying to help us out let's let's trust them inherently trust things that are Mm -hmm. coming out of it um yeah and the deliberate nature of him leaving the book behind is what kind of confuses me a little bit because they're going to such great lengths to to make humans complacent and everything solving all the world's problems and it's I mean, it very much blows up in in humanity's face in the episode, but 
I don't know. I just think that there's something there with him leaving the book behind, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I wrote in my notes, um, anti-complacency, like what, what is the theme here? Right. Is it, is it an anti-peace message? <laughs> right. Like, like we, we should inherently distrust yeah. any, anything that isn't us, um, or, or anti-complacency like, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. do, do your critical thinking and yeah. trust, but verify that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that, that, I think that's, that's an interesting kind of theme. Um, I, I looked at Arthur C. Clarke, there's an Arthur C. Clarke novel childhood's end, which kind of oh, has this, this, this similar theme of aliens come down and then they are boosting humanity and mm-hmm. some people don't trust that trust them for that. Um, in this in this case, they are kind of more benevolent. Um, yeah. But it's interesting from that era of sci-fi. Usually, the aliens come down and they're like, "No, they're they're going to turn us into right. odd people or uh, yeah. you know, thing from another world that that type of stuff." Um, yeah. So, I guess where I want to kind of talk about maybe explore a little mm-hmm. bit is that that difference of like instead of being overtly diabolical mm-hmm. being like scheming and lying even though they have the the technology to take us over right away why do you think they would go pretend be pretend to be benevolent and uh sneak in that way that that's a good question i think for me it definitely comes down to the idea of them creating really i think it's it comes down to them subtly disarming humanity so that when like humanity is is incredibly slow on the uptake because we're being manipulated in this episode but in the in the interest of uh benevolence uh, the appearance of benevolence the canimate are also like creating situations where we no longer need to have weapons of mass destruction. So there's a lot of disarmament there and there's no more wars or code breaking that's needed. So there's nothing. It's, it's just lulling us into that kind of false sense of security so that when we do have the like upper hand or when we do get the knowledge of like, Oh, it's a cookbook and everything they've already devoured thousands and thousands and thousands of our people and made it so that we're we're unable to defend ourselves against them because they've they're playing kind of the long con um yeah so i kind of think that that's that's kind of where my thoughts lie with where with their intentions for Mm -hmm. presenting a, a benevolent kind of um uh thing um i also kind of thought it was a little funny the um the polygraph test thing um because and i it does go it does give a little bit of detail saying like okay this is their heartbeat and everything this is demonstrating that they're that they're lying or not lying but it's also like this is an advanced race of aliens like there's clearly like a chance that they could manipulate the results like it's not like it's just it's it's a little it's a little uh Clear, reflects poorly on humanity clearly their physiology is not the same as ours right right like yeah well that i mean maybe that maybe the they were banking on us not asking the question and being like okay let's just right we'll just we'll just do this nobody ask how lie detector tests work <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? yes <laughs> oh yeah um, so uh, yeah i i was 
gonna say um there's there's the the character of Gregory um uh, so I did a little bit of research on just the 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 Damon Knight book nice <laughs> um <laughs> with uh with just kind of some some of those differences and so whereas Chambers here um is like just he trusts him right away he's like mm-hmm. nah, I mean they're they're doing good stuff for us why would why would we look a gift horse in the mouth he's right. like that in the novel as well uh in the sh- the episode there is a character at the UN named Grigori he's part of the Soviet mm-hmm. Union um and he doesn't trust them at first um at toward, at the end of the episode he's like <laughs> I have diplomatic uh visa oh um, yeah um but but he's like in like the uh like on the, the news cameras he's like biting his pencil he's clearly distrustful of them in the no- right. in the novel he is one of the fellow kind of translators and he is trying to find out what the what the aliens are doing. Um, and it, it's actually him and Chambers that are the ones who figure out uh, the uh, the twist there. OK, interesting. Um, and uh, so I, I. I wonder if there should have been if there could have been more of an exploration on on the theme of. Don't inherently trust folks or not and and what mm-hmm. that might have looked like what you, what are your thoughts on that yeah i i really wish that it would have kind of gone more in depth with the just the fact that the main character is a code breaker and and like we have a throwaway line where patty says like well there's no more wars or anything so there's no more coded messages coming in coming in anymore but i kind of wish that it would it would have delved more into the, the distrustful nature of humanity in in the in the grand scheme of things um instead of just having us be you know inherently trusting of of you know the this race of beings that suddenly appear um i don't know did did that answer your question at all yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I i think kind of just going taking this thread a little bit further Mm-hmm. the that humanity is trust these these beings that give them food and give them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh force fields and mm-hmm. just take care of them and yet they don't trust each other when they're at the united mm-hmm. nations right like yeah being able to explore maybe maybe that th- those relationships are like we can trust mm-hmm. other people that are giving us things but we can't trust the the beings that we're most closely related to. Um, yeah, that's interesting too, because just the fact that they gave humans force fields as a way to uh, solve like all of like war and everything is yeah. kind of telling that it's like, it's not like it, it's not a traditional introduction of like world peace or anything. It's like, it's world peace because you can't invade other countries <laughs> if you can't physically go there. Yeah, um, it's like so that's they, kind of interesting. They, they, they put they put all the countries in time out, basically. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. You can't you can't shoot at each other now. Don't <laughs> you do it. <laughs> yeah, you can shoot at yourselves all you want, um, but not not each other. Um, <laughs> not each other. Yeah. Uh, which like g- going back to the opening piece about Christopher Columbus from another another place, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yeah, look, look at that. Look at look at how these Christopher Columbuses are coming in and yep. ravaging the natural population. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I also thought it was funny that 
Serling refers to them as a as a modern Christopher Columbus, and then Michael refers to them as Chris Pringle, and that oh, also yeah. just felt like a little bit like okay, you've already you've already given them a designation and everything, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say that as much as I kind of dislike the flashback uh, aspect of it and the kind of time jump and how it's a little bit mismanaged, I do definitely love a good like spinning newspaper. um transition and like that that was great we also had like a like a like a telegraph thing too that was really fun um so i do enjoy those little aspects of it yeah nice nice clever ways of showing us time jumps without saying yes four months later exactly (laughs) you might say a clever way of letting us and the characters travel through time in the episode <gasps> oh my god we're, we're back to it we got there we got exactly yes. to where we need to be <laughs> oh yes <laughs> uh yeah it, you know so the episode ends where it begins mm. w- with chambers talking out loud well he's not really he's in the beginning he's like internal narration yeah uh, and then and then at the end it switches to looking at us Maybe yeah, directly addressing breaking the fourth wall, basically, breaking and it, it down. yeah, and and that kind of I think that that plays into the um the kind of theme of complacency and like like not uh, not just wanting something to be true, so letting it happen and finding out too late that it, it's you know something horrible. Um, because it is this kind of warning, like, are you, like he says, like, are you here with, are you here with me now on the ship? Or I guess it doesn't matter because we'll all be on the ship eventually. Um, which is pretty bleak and everything, but also just feels weird. Cause it's also like, we had, he hasn't established that he can break the fourth wall or anything. <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird that he's addressing us directly. So I don't know. It didn't really work that well for me, but yeah. I think he did a fine job in terms of acting. Did you think there was a like a like a video camera uh, maybe there like a webcam? <laughs> that would have been a really interesting element to to bring into the bring into the uh, <laughs> bring into the episode. That would have been that would have been really interesting to have him have his own like vlog or YouTube channel <laughs> or something. Yeah, with a selfie <laughs> stick. He's like, yeah. hey guys, what's, <laughs> what's up? It's your boy Michael Chambers here to, here with another. <laughs> uh episode of you know the canimit chronicles um check it out check it out i got i got some food here i'm not eating it i don't want to get eating it but you know don't want to get fattened up right uh that that reminds me it brings up brings up the thing i wanted to wanted to ask maybe it's rhetorical it's maybe there's there's not too much weight behind it but Mm -hmm. the one thing I think about when I watching the episode, when he's inside the spaceship, uh, when mm-hmm. they gave him the food and he throws the food on the ground and then the other candidate comes in and starts picking it up. Mm-hmm. Do those candidates know that he knows that he is going to be eaten? <laughs> or- That's. Huh. I think so. I think so. Because when Patty yells for him, uh, when he's on, when he's on the uh, platform of the ship, mm-hmm there's a candidate there blocking his way. So I would say that, yes, he does know, um, or they do know. Um, but I also thought it was interesting that they gave him fresh food and then he goes and eats it anyway. So <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's him being complacent and everything. 
Yeah. It, now I know this. I know the trip only takes five days, is what they said, right? Mm. Around that time. Um, man, he was really hungry. Uh, if he, like, yeah, he was almost there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're not gonna lose that much body weight in five days. Maybe like a right? couple pounds. You know. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. He ravaged that that plastic <laughs> food. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, and uh, like for all their advanced technology, they still wrap their food in, in <laughs> saran wrap. True, true. Um, yeah. If it's anything like the food from the Simpsons episode, though, I'm sure that they, I'm sure it was very tasty. Um, yeah. <laughs> for 40 humans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, and, I, you know, mentioning like the, the, the trust kind of theme, the Simpsons episode goes back to it, you know, like, mm-hmm. like make, they make that the point of the, the episode is maybe you should have trusted us. And right. <laughs> you're not the only ones with emotions, you know, um, <laughs> like, great. You've just made whoever cry. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I love that all so day much. in the kitchen for the, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, so it is it is a nice reversal of that. Um and it also has a little bit of um monsters are due on Maple Street with Lisa at the end of the episode's uh the end of the segment saying, um, like there were monsters on that ship. It was us. <laughs> and, um yeah, I, I I enjoy that quite a bit. There there were a couple of, of when they're in line to go onto the spaceship uh for mm-hmm. their ten their year exchange program, uh they're, the people are talking about how excited they are go, to go to this other planet instead of staying mm-hmm. on Earth where they're from. Um, and there's there's one lady that says that my sister wrote me and said all oh, of this stuff yeah. was going on. Um, and and I, t- I took that moment. And I what is going on? Is there just a <laughs> canonment with like a pen and paper? Like, right. This is going to be good. That's... <laughs> That's really interesting. I wonder if like their telekinetic, like whatever their powers, I wonder if that can translate to them being able to perfectly imitate like handwriting um, or if the humans are just so delusional that like, oh, okay, you know, uh, this does this looks nothing like my sister's handwriting, but I don't know what gravity's like there. So maybe it's just altered <laughs> that way. I'm ready to go to paradise. <laughs> yeah. Or or like, yeah. or maybe if we're if thinking about like, maybe the humans get to the Kanamit planet and mm-hmm. it's, it's not like they're not like in ranches. They're not being rounded up uh, like, yeah. like, like sheep, right? Maybe, maybe it's just, it, it looks like a fancy planet, but then they just disappear slowly as they, as they get eaten. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I like that. And, and I really I really wish that the episode would have delved more into that, like shown something um, on the Kanamit homeworld. But also I do think it's funny that like uh, there's that scene where it's like, this is flight 267 from earth to the Kanamit homeworld. Like humans are so gullible and so naive that it's like, they don't even know the name. Like they're not even be given. They're not even given the name of the, of the planet they're going to going to like, clearly it is a bad idea. Um, now leaving Chicago to Kanamit home planet. Yes. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Good. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, let, let's summers. do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, as we start winding down, mm-hmm. what what 
extra observations or thoughts do you have on, on the episode? Um, I I really do appreciate, and I still don't know necessarily how they. It, it, I I don't know how they achieved like the UN scenes, oh. but I'm sure there was a mix of probably like stock footage and and stuff. But I did like the scale of that, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed I enjoyed how as little as we see of you know humanity banding together and everything um i do like that we did get those shots of the un and um yeah i'm yeah that that's i'm with, yeah i'm, I think with, I'm with you uh, i'm with you on, yeah. i'm with you on that that's one of my that's one of my notes is it mm-hmm. it, it had a sense of global scale to it because yes. they in they implemented using different languages Mm-hmm. different uh different countries uh they had representation like the the fact that they spoke spanish that they spoke japanese uh um, yeah that they spoke some french i think too like having those things made it feel like a little bit different than the normal twilight zone episode um yeah and i know that they also incorporated footage from i'm trying to discreetly look it up um <laughs> was it uh was it the the day the earth stood still maybe in those scenes of um those initial scenes of of the canimate ships arriving and um i want to say that it was footage from i know it was definitely footage from uh from an established movie but um i don't know which uh well if, one. It, if it was the day the earth stood still uh, that i mean that mm. that goes to like a direct antithesis of this the theme of this episode which is now oh, yeah. is like no we we are benevolent and <laughs> now your your distrust <laughs> is going to make gort uh destroy all of you right and i totally had that wrong um, <laughs> excuse me jeez okay uh the image of the flying saucer toward the end is uh is uh from earth versus the flying saucer so maybe i was wrong okay no i was right okay uh, the two shots of the flying saucer in the sky before it lands are clips directly from the day the earth stood still there. There it is. There it is. Yeah, there we go. So I now have a little bit of my, you know, um, <laughs> my cred, uh, reestablished. It's back. It's back. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. But that, that I'm so, I'm so torn and confused now. Mm. I'm like, do I trust aliens or don't I? I just, I don't know. Yeah. And we're living in a world where, the government's blowing balloons out of the sky so there's a um, bunch of ufos yeah which is actually why i angled to get on this uh on this podcast with you and everything knowing your connections to the air force and everything what's going on (laughs) well i can't i can't tell you that matt um i did i did transfer over to the space force just to help to try to find out and Mm -hmm. uh, i can't confirm or deny that i did in fact find out exactly what's going on Okay, well, I really appreciate your very vigorous winking on the camera uh, uh, and uh, the, uh, <laughs> all of the diagrams you're showing, the footage and everything. I really appreciate that. <laughs> all, the, all the hand signals <laughs> yes. that you can't see on this audio podcast. Exactly. Uh, but if you listen very closely, you can you can probably hear some of the wind, the whooshes of the hand going past the mic. Ah, uh, yes, yes. In between my discreet throat clearing and coughing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so hopefully all your families are well and that you stay mm-hmm. safe uh, for the upcoming apocalypse. Um, yes. <laughs> so, uh, 
okay. So before we go into the choose your own, well, we'll just do choose your own adventure first. Okay. Um, and then and then we'll go into the the rating episode. Okay. Oh, I forgot to I forgot to get a scale for the rating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I need to put that in my my form. I, I've, oh, I've you're heard. fine. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go first or do I go first? Um, I'll I'll I think I went first for the synopsis, so I'll let you go first okay. for the adventure. Okay. So, um, I tweeted about this that I decided to make an already bleak episode more bleak and depressing. Um, so what I have is that after the reveal that it's a cookbook. We get a final scene of Michael on the spaceship. However, instead of warning us that we'll be next or or like or wondering if we're on the ship and everything, instead he's apologetic and he explains that the Canimate wanted to make humanity complacent, so they gave us everything we wanted and convinced us to get rid of our weapons since they were facilitating wor- world peace. He then explains that the Canimate intentionally left the book at the UN as a test to determine if humanity was worthy of being brought into a galactic society and uplifted. Uh, so Michael apologizes for not cracking the code in time in, 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 in contrast, dooming all of humanity. And then a Canimate enters his room and tells him that he's not going to be eaten. Instead, he's just going to have to live the rest of his natural life knowing that he has doomed all of humanity because he could not crack the code in time to get everyone on board with the fact that they are going to be eaten. <laughs> um, so that's my very bleak ending. And I also, I had, I had an even more bleak ending that I don't even know if I want to say, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother, but yeah, that's yeah. my, that's my choose, choose your own. That's my choose my own adventure. Yeah, this is like yeah. the ending to uh, Darabont's The Mist, right? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> trying to, yep, like, absolutely. Oh, and then at the, <laughs> at the very last minute, there's going to be a cannon in a tank uh, driving, oh, yeah. driving past out of the mist. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's 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 de- that's depressing. Um, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that 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 that's there's some there's something there that I really like. Um, in 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 this my adventure is is uh mm. maybe maybe there there's something that we can tie together here we can we can okay. tie tie together here um so what i what i kind of proposed here is that at the at the very end we we get to the the Canimate home planet and sure you know like uh, people are getting eating, eaten sure you know like they send them to ranches and um <laughs> Mm-hmm. But sure, but some people are domesticated, and um, you know, some people are taking to taken to zoos, and Chambers finds himself at one with Roddy McDowell. From nice, <laughs> people are like all over, um, and and so he has to live out the rest of his days knowing his role in dooming humanity to subservience, uh, where they were once masters and controllers of their own planet um now they are food livestock and zoo animals and maybe some pets maybe they get like litter boxes yeah oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) um i would be game for that but um no i like that a lot i like the idea of uh roddy mcdowell meeting up with michael chambers and like doing like the twilight zone version like if they're like neighbors or something and then (laughs) Twilight Zone version of that meme from uh, 
that that Coen Brothers movie. Um, I think it was Coen Brothers. Um, the Ballad of uh, of uh, oh. Something Scruggs. Oh. Um, yeah. where first time. James Franco, yeah, yeah, it's like first time, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and maybe the Canimates are like they've partnered with other alien life, mm. right? Alien life that didn't that that did crack the code, and so they they didn't suffer the same fate. And the Canimates were like, okay, you cracked the code, so you're smart enough, and we're not going to eat mm. you, right? We're 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 more peers. Uh, and so, like, they ship off humans to other planets to be part of their zoos, right? Ah, okay. Uh, like, yeah. part, part of this, like, intergalactic trading and treaty um, <laughs> where they have domes over their planets uh, that... Jeez. That, that, would be, that would be pretty bleak also. <laughs> um, I would also like a kind of... Um, interconnected universe thing where like the characters that escape uh their planet from uh third from the sun they like they go in there like the the kingdom come and they immediately go on the first ship to get to to get eaten and everything <laughs> yeah, poor bastards um, yeah <laughs> we're survived we're, we're saved we're saved <laughs> um so uh, i I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I never watched this episode of the Twilight Zone reboot. Uh, but like, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Um, but I did read the synopsis of it. And mm-hmm. so, like, I read a little bit about it because that is essentially a sequel to this episode. Um, yeah. What, what, did, what did you want to say about it? Because I know you would actually watched it. Um, yeah. So uh, shameless plug. I did cover it on anthology, um, but also not shameless plug. I would love to say that I rewatched it in preparation for this, but it's no longer on Paramount Plus, which I'm still very peeved about. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, in retrospect, that's another case of me not knowing or me knowing. Um, no, I think I had seen the episode before that before the reboot episode because it was a season two finale. But anyway. Um, that's another instance of like, okay, I'm like very much, I'm learning more about the candidate, but what was weird is that the 2019 Twilight Zone, the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone, it, it kind of doesn't connect well at all with this episode. It is, it is the candidate, but it has this comedic slant to it. And there's, it's more about consumerism and, um, and I mean, I guess it does play into that kind of complacency theme of to serve man because it's about humans being kind of subjugated by the candidate in and being forced into wanting certain products um and and you know striving to get those products instead of like living an actual life um so there's some good stuff there, but um. But yeah, I was I was an apologist for that for that show, and I I do stand by enjoying that that reboot and everything. But um, the Kinemet episode was was pretty pretty interesting because it wasn't it wasn't quite the sequel to to Serve Man that say um, like the like I it's still a good life was a sequel to It's a Good Life mm-hmm. um, in that respect. But there there's some actually some pretty now that I'm thinking about it, there's some really interesting. Um, kind of like personal drama or or um, some some kind of thought provoking ideas about uh grief in in that episode um and desire for you know changing something that happened um so there's some there's some good stuff there but yeah I would recommend it but hey 
<laughs> it's gone from Paramount Plus. Yeah. Although it is physically available and it is uh I believe it's still they're still airing those episodes on sci-fi. So yeah. Thanks, 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 sci-fi. Keeping the Twilight Zone dream alive. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I I did not watch the episode. Uh I, I couldn't watch the episode. Uh, but I did, right. you know, re- reading the synopsis and and you know, when you're reading something as we all know from text messages and emails, the, mm. the tone doesn't always come out the right, the same way uh, that yeah. you would see talking to somebody directly. And uh, mm. so, so having some of those comedic angles or maybe like more uh, on the nose critiques, social critiques yeah. um, aren't, aren't as apparent when you're reading about it. And so mm-hmm. some of the things with that, the, the sequel episode remind me of when we're talking about that lady talking about her sister writing her uh all of this mm-hmm. all of this stuff we're like oh it's gonna be such a grander experience over on the canimate planet and always yeah. wanting something extra humanity always wanting something mm-hmm. extra uh and and that making them at least temporarily happy even if mm-hmm. it means uh their their ultimate demise um so that, yeah. that's just kind of what i pulled from that just from mm-hmm. a synopsis perspective but now yeah, I, it's it's an interesting episode. It it definitely is. There are a couple of other things about it that kind of stood out. Um, is that they changed, or I don't know. I don't know if they necessarily changed it, but uh, the Canimate in that episode, uh, it's called. You might also like um, the Canimate are like a hive mind. Like they all, like it's it's one entity. It's not like the, it's not like one Canimate is like one individual self. It is like every like every Canimate communicates at the exact same time. And that leads to some kind of interesting, um, some some pretty interesting comedic things. But then, like, she eventually meets like the queen Canimate and <laughs> and like interacts with with her. And it's 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 a bizarre episode, but um, but I I think I was pretty favorable on it. Um, um, but again, I was I was. I was just so excited to have a new Twilight Zone thing that <laughs> yeah. I was watching for the first time while everyone else was watching for the first time too. <laughs> so uh, I like that that revival, that reboot, really uh, holds a special place in my heart. What, what's what's really cool about you watching the new reboot and like watching all of those episodes um, is that it's the opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> where where I've I've seen if damn near all of them uh mm-hmm. sometimes I forget some of them but you know like for, basically I've seen all of them and then you yeah. came in, coming into the twilight zone and like starting from scratch and like now I'm going to mm-hmm. start watching through them like it's this this nice little reversal of now I'm going to start watching the reboot ah uh, yeah I, eventually uh when I find nice. it physically uh, right, and, and I'm gonna ha- <laughs> then I'm gonna go to you and be like Matt, 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 Matt. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Here's this other episode I watched. Uh, uh, I love it. I love it. I'm I'm all game for that. I will say just uh, real quick, a couple of standout episodes that I loved in that in that series was uh, a small town, which I interviewed the writers of that uh, on my show, and then um, I was a really big fan of Replay. Um, in the first season, like those, those two episodes stand out as my two favorites from that, from that run. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, I, they didn't play them on the, uh, the marathon this last year, but, uh, yeah, they didn't. Yeah. So maybe they will next year and I'll be there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, 
as as for reviewing this episode, uh, I guess <laughs> I guess we should I guess we should put our uh, ratings there. What do you rate yes. the original to serve man, not the sequel? Okay, the original to serve man. I will give it. I will give it six out of ten appetizers. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, six six out of ten appetizers. Yes. Yeah, that, I mean that's 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 not terrible. That's above. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. an above average uh, set of appetizers. Yeah, I I don't mind it. Um, I I mean there are episodes that I've watched that I disliked more. Um, but this is this is solid. I think my biggest, maybe not gripe or my biggest disconnect with it is that I am so familiar with this story that I was expecting a little bit more from yeah. it, and I was very caught off guard by the weird narrative, uh, uh, trickery of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Six out of ten. I I I um uh am I trying to be objective or am I trying to be uh, <laughs> uh nostalgic about it? I, you know, I'll give it I'll give it a I'll give it an eight. I was gonna say seven and a half. I mean I could just say seven and a half, but I'll just give it an eight. Uh just there you go. To give nice. it an extra extra little bit. Um I mean it is it is classic. It's got Richard Keel in it. Uh it's mm-hmm. got uh, it's got the the uh, one of the colonels is from back there, um, which is oh, which, nice. which is an actual time travel episode. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh. So so that that's what I'm gonna give that extra half a point for is nice because there's time travel tangentially related. <laughs> so I I will not I will not uh uh call you out for that at all. I'm totally behind you on that. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Um, and then there's so, so eight out of 10 is to, to want fried wonton, maybe some, nice. um, some onion rings. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. That's nice. a stupid, stupid joke. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. All right. Well, well, Matt, why don't we, uh, why don't you tell us where we can find out more about you? Uh, got, got you all on my backlog, but let's, let's rehash, let's <laughs> get it all back out there again. Where, where can they find you? All right. So you can find me on uh, all over social media. If you want to follow Anthology specifically, um, I have a Twitter account that's OV Anthology Pod. And also I have an Instagram that's OV Anthology Pod as well. I'm also on Facebook for Anthology Pod. Um, And then if you want to follow my other shows, just check out just check out obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts, plural. Um, and you'll see a rundown of the three shows that I have, including Anthology. But uh, but yeah, and check out my show, Anthology, which is uh, a labor of love that I have that is me discovering the Twilight Zone uh, as a first-time viewer. It's just me on the, on the podcast. And basically what I do is I will review an episode of the Twilight Zone, and then I will have a bonus review um, of an episode of science fiction theater. So it's not necessarily just the Twilight Zone. It's just science fiction anthology storytelling um i just today released my 100th main episode Woo! um yes oh yeah uh reviewing um uh cavender is coming um yeah. which yeah that's yeah. an episode um and uh, i wasn't a fan of it <laughs> great, i talk about great one it for picking um, for your 100th episode I, yeah your- oh yeah and it's it, yeah <laughs> so I, it's my 100th main episode but i have tons of bonus episodes as well so the actual amount of episodes i have is like 163 
those bonus episodes I review, um, I've reviewed every episode of Black Mirror and uh, Dimension 404, a Hulu uh, sci-fi anthology show, um, and Solos on Amazon Prime. Basically, anytime a science fiction anthology show pops up, I do a bonus episode thing. Uh, coming up soon, I'm going to be finally doing um, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, okay. uh, which is on Amazon Prime from like 2018. Um, but I'm finally going to be doing that. And uh, and yeah, and then all of that, I also have a Patreon, which I talk about incessantly on my podcast. So uh, so yeah, so again, that's OV Anthology Pod on social media and uh, obsessiveviewer.com for all of uh, my podcasting. That, that's, that's awesome, man. What, what, I, what I really like about Anthology is... You know, this this show is very specifically Twilight Zone and, mm -hmm. you know, especially like when you want to create new new content, you want to you want to explore mm -hmm. a bunch of different topics that aren't necessarily tied to to one property. Like my Rick and Morty podcast right. is tied to, to Rick and Morty, you know, mm -hmm. um, you being able to explore not only just the Twilight Zone, but you've given yourself that space to say, I want to talk about this show or I want to talk about this uh, property mm -hmm. right i think that that's really awesome and you do a good job of it Thank you. um and so yeah i do highly recommend anybody who hasn't yet because i mean yes. everybody has already subscribed to you <laughs> matt but <laughs> if they haven't uh, then then please go out and do that that's right anthology matt nice. i appreciate that and also um we've we've talked about this uh we haven't locked down a date yet or anything but you are on the hook to be on for my season three wrap-up episode correct uh, yeah. I, yes. I mean, if you'll still have me, if you'll still have. Yes. Me. Oh, of course. It's tradition at this point because you helped me with season one, season two, and now season three. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, uh, that'll be coming soon on Anthology. So, yeah, that's right. You'll you'll hear, hear me there. Uh, and hopefully that didn't uh, motivate anybody not to listen to your show. But oh, don't put Brandon on. <laughs> no, <here>. not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, people are going to want to. And there, there's going to be a flock of people that are going to go catch up with anthology so that they can get to your, <laughs> your new episode that's going to come out with you on it. I can, I can, so. I, I can hear it now. If you put your ear to the ground, you can hear just the. <laughs> that's it. That sounds like bulls yes. stampeding. Uh, oh, yeah. All right, Matt. Well, well, thanks again, man, for for coming on the show. Thanks for being a part of, of this with me and and uh, being my friend and of inviting course. me on your stuff and and just yeah sharing this community with me. Um, so absolutely, anytime anytime all right see you next week yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right and everybody uh you can find me in a few different places uh facebook instagram twitter s4way underscore podcast email s4way s4ya podcast at gmail.com uh we are on apatheticenthusiasm.com uh you can find some episodes there um or in you go to itunes we're on spotify wherever wherever that stuff is um yeah i'm still getting used to this whole marketing thing <laughs> uh, brand brand stuff whole housekeeping maybe i'll do it at the beginning of the show from now on that doesn't matter okay anyways that's all i got matt thank you awesome. again ladies and gentlemen out there uh matt oh, sorry i cut you off matt Ugh. oh yeah i was just saying thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll let it i'll do some uh, strategic editing anyways <laughs> until next time everybody i am brandon cruz and this is submitted for your approval Thank you.